Hello and welcome to Social Media Ministries. My name is Spencer Kaufman. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and also the like button wherever you're listening or watching and follow us on social media. We've got a lot of social media channels. Follow us and we have a website, so be sure to follow our blog there to stay updated on new sermons. Let's dive right in. Today we've got a great message. This is one that I'm warning you a little bit ahead of time. It could be offensive to some people, so watch it and take it to heart and try to have that open mind and that open heart and open spirit. Let God speak to you through this message. Now, the reason I say it could be offensive is in a good way. This could convict you in ways that you haven't been convicted before. This could cause you to look at society or at your life in a little bit of a different perspective. This is something that as you're you're going through life, you, you may think is normal, it's okay, and then after this message, you're going to kind of see it in a different light. The rose-colored glasses may come off. The world might have a little less sparkle to it. And all of a sudden, it'll be just like Solomon says, the more knowledge, the more grief. And with much wisdom comes much sorrow. So you're going to learn something here. You might be convicted a little bit. Find out if that conviction is true. Is that from the Holy Spirit? Is that something that, that you need to change in your life? Or am I simply bonkers we will find out as you go through and listen with an open mind and an open heart. God wants your mind and body to be pure. Now, if you don't know already, we're talking about sexual purity. Sexual thoughts, specifically. We're not even going into the act. We're not taking it to action. We are talking specifically about your mind today. So it's no sexual thoughts whatsoever. Now, of course, if you're married, now married, we're going to come to this a little bit later, married, man and woman only, that's it. Yes, I said it could be a little offensive for some people, but keep with me. If you're married, yes, you can have sexual thoughts about your spouse and your spouse only. God wants your mind to be pure. Why, why does he want your mind to be pure? Well, let's start out with a simple fact of if your mind is constantly focused on sexual thoughts and sexuality of other people, then guess what? You're not focusing on God. So it's drawing your attention away from him, which could mean that that becomes a form of idolatry or you're worshiping something else, your mind, something else is taking up more of your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit, your drive, so to speak. That's why they call it a sex drive. Uh, it's not good. We need to be God-driven. We need to have a God drive. We need to be constantly thinking and, and pursuing Jesus. And so if, you're, if your sex drive is taking over, that's not good. You're pulling away from God and you're going towards something else that is of this world. Now, what does it mean to be pure? Very simply, purity means no sex before marriage. Now, I know that there are many of you out there that say, well, wait a minute. This is something God gave us. It's natural. It's all over society. It's all over the world. Yes, it's all over the world. But the Bible says no sex before marriage. 
Now don't worry, it's a sin, like anything else. We're going to get to this, but first, let's grab Hebrews 13.4. So if you have your Bibles, now would be a great time to crack that spine open. Hebrews 13.4 says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. What does that mean? It needs to be kept pure. The marriage bed. What is the marriage bed? Well, traditionally and biblically, the marriage bed was man and wife together in the same bed, and that should have been kept pure. That means no one else interacting intimately with those two people. No open relationships, no sex before marriage. If you are impure, so if you do that, if you do adultery or you have an open relationship, that is adultery. Even if it's agreed upon. If you and your, your spouse say, yeah, we can, we can frolic with anyone we want and we have a mutual understanding, it's still committing adultery because you're married to that one person. The marriage bed should be kept pure. If, you, if that is happening, the Bible says you have no place in the kingdom of heaven. So let's go to a verse that says that. It's in Ephesians 5, 5. So if you have your Bible, turn with me. Ephesians 5, 5. What does it mean, though? Does this mean that you are going to be thrown out of the kingdom of heaven permanently? Are you going to lose your place? Are you damned to hell forever? Well, no, you're not because of Jesus. But Ephesians 5, 5 does say that you will have no place in the kingdom of heaven. It says, For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So you have no place in heaven. If you're an adulterer, immoral, full of greed. Why? Because adultery, immorality, and greed are all things that pull you away from God. You're focusing more on that. Your, your money drive is too high. You're working for money. Your sex drive is too high. Your impurity, your sexual impure is too high. You're just drawn to that more than you're drawn to God. And if you're putting that before God, God says you have no place here. Now, it's a sin. It's a sin like anything else. We've talked about all sins being equal. You can check that out in a card. So all sins are equal. Whether you steal, lie, cheat, adultery, etc. We talked about sin is sin. It's all sin. It all separates you from God. You can check out that sermon as well for a little bit of background text on this. But sin is sin. So yes, let's say you are out there and you're, you're watching this and you've kept an open mind. And you're like, wait a minute. When I was in high school or when I was in college, I was a player. Or I was a girl that was always out with guys. And I would let them take me home or I would take them home or whatever the case is. And so you may have sexual impurity in your life, but now you're married. Or you're done with that. And, and you knew maybe, maybe you just stopped, maybe you outgrew the phase, maybe you know what's wrong now. You can be forgiven. It's a sin just like anything else. Maybe when you were a child in high school, you went through a phase and you started stealing things from stores, but you never went through the, the sexual impurity phase. That person and you 
are, are, are the same. The, the sin is the same, whether you were a thief or whether you were a player. It's the same. It's still sin. Sin is sin. And the thing about sexual impurity is it's a sin that we don't even recognize as a sin. We know that stealing is wrong. You can't just walk into to the store and be like, wow, this, this is a nice suit. I, I like this. And all right, let me just put my other jacket on over it and walk right out. No one will notice. No one may notice. God notices, but it's still wrong. TV shows don't portray that as something fun and great to do. But they do portray sex as something fun and great to do. You look at any TV series and someone's always getting with someone. Soap operas, even, even medical dramas, big time. This one's with this one, this one's with this one. Now they're with here, now they're this. Now they got kids here, they got kids here. Now they're here. They're always sleeping around and it's crazy. And it's portrayed as fun and fancy free. No big deal. We can just go out and, and do whatever we want and, and it's okay. But it's not okay. It's sexual impurity. It's a sin, no place in the kingdom of heaven. It's right up there with greed and idolatry. Why? Because it's taking the place of God. You're drawing towards something else. But it is. It's all over in society, and it's fun and okay. And so we see that as less of a sin, or not even a sin, compared to lying, cheating, stealing, when in fact, it's just as bad. Keep it in mind. The reason we see it as fun and okay is because it, it's pleasurable. It's enjoyable. And so if it feels so good, and it's not really hurting anyone, as long as it's not raping or, or something like that, as long as everyone's consenting, it's fun and enjoyable for both parties. Whereas stealing or lying is hurting someone. And so we see it as, is this okay? I'm saying, I'm telling you why we see it okay as a society. But God still says no. Even though we can try to justify it, it's still wrong. And you have to know that. You need to put that in your head that no matter what, it's still wrong. Yes, if you've done it, it's, you know, we're all sinners. But it's still wrong. Like lying or stealing or cheating. Sin has significant consequences. For example, let's say it is consenting and you're married. Well, then you're committing adultery. Someone is being hurt in that, namely your spouse you're cheating on. Now, if it's an open relationship and you say, well, no one's being hurt, we all know about it, it's still not right. Sin has consequence. In this case, death and no place in heaven. Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. Everyone has sinned. 6.23, the wages of sin is death. And guess what? Maybe I got them backwards, but you can look them up. Now, what does that say? Well, everyone has sinned. Everyone. You, me, everyone your pastor, your parents, your grandparents, everyone has sinned. Now, whether they've all sinned sexually, whether they've all stolen, doesn't matter. Sin is sin. Sin is equal. They've all sinned. We're all gone. Punishment is death. But 
The gift of God is eternal life. How? In Christ Jesus. So even though we are sinners, we can be saved because Jesus died for us. That's tremendous. We have the option to be saved. We have the option to go to heaven even though we are sinners. Now let's take a little bit of a divergent here. This is very important. Sexual purity, you need to remain pure. And that's with heterosexual relations. I told you, some people can be offended here. All of these alphabet soup movements are going to start fighting against this. Comment below. I'm sure there are going to be plenty of people speaking out against me in this sermon. So, I really, really could use your support with this. Stand up for what you believe in. Put it down in the comments. If people are starting to bash on this, then stand up for the Bible, for God, for Jesus, for the truth. Okay? Biblically, homosexuality is wrong. It's a sin. So, if you are a Christian and you believe in homosexuality or that it's okay, it's not. It's wrong. Of course, I'm not saying these are, are not human beings. There are, are, I know plenty of people who identify as gay. Now, every time I see them, do I tell them that they're a sinner and they're going to hell? No. I know plenty of people who are liars. I know plenty of people who have stolen something. I know plenty of people who are probably not sexually impure. Do I go around and say, hey, you're a thief, you're a liar, you're a cheater, you're a, a, a gay, you're that? No, I don't. And, and neither do you. We don't do that. And so if someone is homosexual, there's nothing less about them than about you or me. We're all sinners. And so I don't need to go around preaching at them about their sin, but I just hope that someday they'll see something like this or they'll dive into the Bible and they'll realize the error in their ways and they'll make a change and follow Jesus. Now, how do we know that it's a sin? Well, we know that God designed marriage and God designed intimacy to be a man with a woman and woman with a man. No same sex. How do we know that? Let's go to Romans. This is a great uh, book of the Bible, Romans chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Now, this is just a snippet. You can go through and read the whole chapter, and I encourage you to do so. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, is telling people that, hey, the natural relation that God designed is between men and women. That's it. Over here in this town or this city, we have women exchanging those natural relations for unnatural. Women on women or lesbian. We have men exchanging natural relations uh, from men and women to men on men. And, or gay or queer or whatever. You decide whatever they're called. The, L, the alphabet soup. Okay? 
you have lesbians and queers and they identify as gay. All of that, according to the Bible, is unnatural. Now, what, what else do we know about this? Well, way back in the Old Testament, Leviticus 20, verse 13, this is Old Testament, punishment for sin. Now, of course, the blood of Jesus, do we believe in him? If you believe in Jesus, your punishment for this sin is paid. Now, we've talked about this before. We're going to give, give an opportunity at the end for you to accept Jesus. So if you're watching this, you're feeling convicted, and you're saying, wait a minute, I've been living in sexual impurity and sexual sin, you can repent and follow Jesus. Now, it's not going to be something we're going to pressure you to do. It's your choice. It's your choice. And if people are constantly preaching at you about how you choose to live your life, you don't have to listen all the time. And if someone's going to treat you like less of a person because you're a sinner, you don't need them in your life. Guess what? They're a sinner too. We're all sinners. Okay, let's get on with this verse. If a man lies with a man as one lies with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable, they must be put to death, their blood will be on their own heads. Homosexuality is a sin. It is detestable in the eyes of God. Therefore, if that is something that you're identifying as, it is sexual impurity. Now, exactly as bad as that are heterosexual relations, but lusting after other people. For example, if I'm walking down the street and the bikini babes all walk by and I'm drawn, that's a sin. That's a sin. In the same way, if, if you're a female, you're watching TV and some guy takes his shirt off on the TV or you're at the beach and the, the uh, men's volleyball team runs by in their Speedos and you're drawn to that, that's a sin. No sexual thoughts whatsoever. Now, where's the line? We need to draw the line. Okay, we've drawn the line as sexual relations are between a man and a woman. That's line number one. No compromising. So that means homosexuality is past the line. Okay, another line. Line number two, no sexual thoughts. Now this is lusting after someone else. Where is the line here? This line is, you can look at someone and think that person is pretty. They look pretty. They're attractive. They're handsome. Hey, Spencer, you look very handsome in that suit. Boom. Done. That is it. I can say, wow, your hair looks really good today. That dress is beautiful. Okay, the dress is beautiful. Your hair looks good. I look handsome in that suit. Do you realize where this is going? All of these are complementing attributes. Now, if I say, hey, that dress looks really beautiful. Your hair looks awesome. I'd love to continue that's where it's wrong. Spencer, that suit looks great. No, you do not continue that. Or if you're at the beach and people are in these bikinis or these speedos or these swim trunks and you're thinking about how it would be cool if you guys were together, wrong. The line is the attribute. As soon as it goes beyond that, that is the problem. You can think that this person is attractive or they're really pretty or they have a great hairstyle or, or the clothes they're wearing makes them look good or they did their hair nice. Exactly like you look at the sky and say, wow, 
those clouds are amazing. Or you see a snowflake or the frost pattern on the tree and you think, that is so beautiful. Or you see a butterfly and you're like, unbelievable. Or a really pretty bird. That is as far as that can go. It's like admiring part of God's creation. So if you're going to admire God's creation, you can do that. That's completely fine. It's actually encouraged. God put this here for our enjoyment. We are to enjoy it. So when I see someone on TV or when I see someone in person and I'm like, wow, they look really good. Or you see a child even, you say that child is going to grow up and be very pretty. Or that guy is going to grow up and be very handsome. You can see people and, and you can have that, but you can't take it too far. Now, bringing children in is a whole other realm that's even more wicked. Again, it's a sin, if you're, but if you're going to take those thoughts too far on the children, uh, you know, then you and I have a problem. But uh, that's as far as it can go, those attributes. The moment you start playing around with someone else in your mind is the moment you have gone too far. How do you do that? How do you stop and avoid that? Well, 2 Corinthians 10.5 gives us a great example. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretentious pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And here's where we get into. So, first of all, we demolish all of these arguments. So, anything that comes into your mind, you say, oh, but they're really pretty. Oh, wow, they're really attractive. It doesn't hurt me just to think about what they would look like with their clothes off. It doesn't hurt me to think about what it might be like to fantasize about this. Yes, it does. It's a sin. You cannot do that. So here's what we do. We demolish all of that. Then we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Christ says no. Boom, take captive that thought. Oh, wow, that person's attractive. Boom, done. Move on. Something else. You want to fill your mind with something else? Start singing songs. Start singing worship songs. You start thinking about someone else? Boom, all of a sudden you're in your mind. Toby Mac's playing. All of a sudden, Mercy Me is going. Something's going on in your head. When you start to take those thoughts somewhere else, take it captive. You're in control. You are in control of your own thoughts. Fantasies and sexual uh, playouts and scenarios in your mind are sins exactly like doing the act. Yes, it is. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 28, But I tell you that anyone who looks at someone lustfully has already committed adultery with them in their heart. It's just as bad. Jesus raised the bar. You start looking at people lustfully, you start thinking sexual thoughts about them, now it's a sin exactly as well. Any men who look at women lustfully or any women who look at men lustfully have committed adultery with them in their heart. And you say, hey, but I'm not married. No big deal. I can do that. You can't. Keep your marriage bed pure. Someday you will be married. God has your spouse chosen for you already. Whether you're 5 years old, 10 years old, 30 years old, someday. God's got someone picked out for you. Now, if you're, if you're not going to be married ever, then you're a different story. But God's got someone picked out for you. And, and before that, if you go with someone else and do something and have those sexual thoughts... You're committing adultery. Because remember, God's outside of time. Everything's happened right now. Don't commit adultery. So if you look at anyone lustfully, that's what's happening. You're committing adultery. Fight those thoughts. Call on the Lord 
when they occur. Insert worship songs into your mind. Take captive every thought. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this message. I ask that people would receive this with an open heart and an open mind, that, that they would really start to think about their thoughts, that they would pay attention to their thoughts, that they would know in their mind, hey, I'm taking this too far. Hey, this isn't good. And when, when life and when the world starts pulling them apart, that they would stop, that they would take captive those thoughts and draw back inward to you. That when people pull them apart, that they go up and focus on you all the time, Lord. We know that you have the power to help us overcome any of those sinful thoughts or desires. And I ask that you do that in Jesus' name. And if there are people out there that are struggling with this, whether it's the sexual sin, whether it's homosexuality, or whether it's lust, or whether it's adultery, or they're cheating on their, their spouse, and then they got lying mixed in there, and deception, and stealing, because they're stealing intimacy away from their marriage, and or whether it's pornography, and, and they're taking matters into their own hands, rather than trusting you with their sexual fulfillment. Lord, I ask that you would abolish all of those strongholds, that, that they would be torn down, and that they would follow you, that they would fix their eyes on Jesus. And Lord, if they don't know you, I ask that, that they would come to know you. So if you're out there right now, no one's looking, you're, you're listening, you're driving in your car, you're by yourself, wherever, if you're with me right now, pray with me. Put your head down, close your eyes. If you're with other people, close your eyes. This is between you and God. You have a chance right now to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want to live for you each and every day for the rest of my life. You can do that. It's that easy. God wants you to live for him. So if that's what you need to do today, do it. Pray that prayer, the sinner's prayer. Acknowledge you're a sinner and ask Jesus to cleanse your life with his blood and then pledge to live for him. If you have any questions or comments, please put them below. I encourage you, check out the comments below. If you agree with this sermon, I'd really appreciate your support because I already know that the world is not going to like this particular message. Thank you. God bless.